What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Martian and Ozzy podcast. I am the Martian, joined by my co-host, as always, Ozzy. This week, we're going to be talking about the UFC card going down in San Antonio, Texas this weekend, headlined by Marlon Chito Vera versus Corey Sanhagen. Nice 13-fight card. A pretty fun card going down in front of a live crowd. And um, back with my man, Ozzy. How are we doing this week, my man? Very, very good. I think first time uh, in San Antonio, UFC. Obviously, guys, from the top of the card, let's remember Texas judging is, uh, needs to be uh, needs to be mentioned. Um, and for the you know people that don't know, San Antonio is in Texas. Uh, so so yeah, so we got this card here this week. I think it's a you know they got some compelling fights on it. Last week, I think I think it's a little bit more compelling for me than last week. Um, it wasn't the best given that uh you know that last fight just left the it was just not an interesting intriguing fight and i feel like when fights like that title fights you know top contender fights are kind of like duds you know it kind of leaves a bad taste in the mouth but this week i think uh in the main event everybody will 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 uh, leave the night pretty uh pretty excited with uh no matter the result i agree um i just think this card is is much better honestly like uh i know the last one was a pay-per-view it had title fights um there were a few i mean like gaichi fiziev was probably better than all these fights but um you know this card just seems better it's actually the third time in san antonio former main events were swanson versus stevens and most recently rda versus leon edwards was in uh san antonio so they're back um but um last week horrible week for me minus nine units bro nine units Bets were just missing left and right. All the money lines, all the props, terrible stuff overall. Um, you know, unlucky with some Gabriel Santos. That obviously should have been a winner. Um, Dushko, unlucky stuff there. But uh, mm. you know, overall, just uh, bad over one and a half. I mean, we we, we were completely wrong you, about Usman. You did force. You did force. You sometimes I feel you do force the one and a halves without with just too much recency bias on what That's happened. True. In their last fights. Well, what it what it hit me was is hey guys, if they're if the total's one and a half, they're obviously thinking the fight is is gonna be you know uh, a sweat for the one and a half. You know, it's 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 not typically just sailing over one and a half. And I was treating them like they were just bound <laughs> to go over one and a half. So I need I I was I wrote down uh, some stuff. I need to I need to reevaluate some of these over one and a half. Doing too many of them. Some of them were good though. The Mokayev one I thought was good, and the Jack Shore one was pretty good. I thought. So. Yeah, I didn't bet Mokayev though, but um, you didn't bet that one. Yeah. What about you? Uh, so honestly, the I remember we were arguing last week about the timing of the of the event. It messed me up as well. And I told you I hurt my back in jujitsu on Saturday, so I didn't get in all the bets, but ended up on the track side. Beat the Klein line by about 50 cents, right? Did it at minus 155. It closed 205, 210. Um, so that obviously was a push. Um, and then Usman at the end of the night, I think in retrospect, just bad bet overall. But overall, I think a lot of the leans that I gave out, are like the sides that I was playing, you know, I ended up having, you know, Justin, you know, the live line as well was great with him. Uh, Jenny Maya was was good. Duncan. Uh, Dunk, obviously, Duncan. He did his thing. He dunked Omar Morales. Do you think Omar Morales, that's another UFC fight? Because I was just horrible. Just uninspiring. It's just terrible. Yeah, probably not. Probably not. I told you. I don't th- I don't think this guy's getting another UFC fight. Um, but Dusko was the big biggest letdown for me. I think Dusko, you know, that I hate when fights end with an injury like that. 
Um, and I was wrong about Sam Patterson as well. So kudos to you. You you had that one right for sure. These lines like be blowing up before the fight. Like <laughs> Dushko, like b- during the day it was plus one eighty five, and then he's like plus two thirty. The day, like and, uh, a little bit before the fight. I even mean, even Jennifer Maya, I got one bet in on Jennifer Maya, like plus like one seventy almost one sixty nine. So that was pretty. That was pretty nice. Yeah, so if, I mean, from now on, if we're betting pay per view underdogs, I mean, you pretty much might as well wait till like the second before the fight because th- those are the when the best lines are coming. But um, enough about last week. Let's get into this week. Thirteen fights. First fight: bantamweight division. Tamaris Vidal, Haley Cohen. The line for this one, kind of back and forth. Cohen minus one seventeen. Vidal minus one hundred three. Uh, this line was flipped. Uh, you know, Vidal was the favorite a little while ago. Um, and she was an underdog, got that back down. So there's definitely a lot of two-way action coming down here. Uh, I get it. I mean, it does seem like a, a pick em type of fight, but it's also surprising that like people are, are betting either of these women with like conviction. I mean, Eileen Vidal, based on, I think she has a little bit better jujitsu, and Cohen just seems like a, a cage pusher. I, I don't think she's really a striker or a grappler. It seems like all of her fights devolve into pushing against the cage and i feel like they're just bound to go to the ground at some point and i trust vidal a little bit better in the the grappling realm of things so i'll side with her not a fight i would recommend betting at all any thoughts from you here have little clue here um i don't like that cohen you know making the ufc debut in front of audience now she like ruptured you know one of her female you know parts uh back in like december Skilled. No, no, it was it was less than a month ago, bro. It was four weeks oh, ago. Excuse me, four weeks ago. It's not the most skilled fighter. Definitely the better athlete here. I would only I'll pick I'd pick and only bet Vidal, but I'm skipping this one. So no, 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 not the Vidal honest. sub is plus five fifty, and you know Cohen has lost by sub both times in her UFC or in her MMA career. Most recently, that guillotine, just pathetic stuff in that oh, LFA God. fight. So, um, Next fight, uh, confirmed banger alert. I mean, there's no way this fight could be um, not entertaining. I tweeted about it a week ago, but this is like a, a marker on your fridge type of fight. Um, Vincius Salvador, Victor Altamirano. Salvador is the favorite, minus 119. Altamirano, minus 101. What are your thoughts here, Ozzy? Love this fight. Both two guys, I, I've been a big Big, big Victor Altamirano, a supporter, defender. I think I bet on him in his last, like, every fight of his back to, I think, before the Okun fight. Or, or whatever this guy, or not Okun, the McKinney fight in LFA. And, I mean, the guy just got some pretty good skills overall. Um, He's kind of wild in there sometimes, but, you know, he's got good movement. Throws, mixes in his kicks very well, goes to the body, um, has a good chin. You know, great cardio as well, and pretty well rounded. Um, you know, Salvador, I like what I see from him. You know, his, his uh, hands and his movement in the pocket was really good to see against Shannon Ross. Honestly, um, he's kind of put bringing Shannon into the strike. He's just controlling the fight, you know, really well. He's pulling them into the shots that he wanted to. He's moving his head, you know, after he finished punches, um, and and just cracking those shots in there. But I think Victor presents more danger. Will chop the legs. I think he will mix in some takedowns eventually as well. Listen, Salvador could definitely knock him out. He hits really hard. But Victor himself moves pretty well in the pocket. I think he'll be more comfortable to keep this fight in kick range, which I think will suit him, suit him well. And they're both southpaws here as well. So I think that might uh, 
you know, change a little bit of how Salvador could get off his shots. So I'm going to go with Victor Altamirano, but obviously pick him fight. I don't blame anybody if they prefer the power and the hands of, uh, of uh, Salvador instead. Yeah, that's what it seems to really come down to. I think most people are thinking along the same lines. Salvador should be the better uh, puncher here. It definitely seems to have more power in his hands. Altamirano seems like the better kicker. Uh, seems like the the longer fight, the better cardio would favor Altamirano as well. But I don't think Salvador is like a confirmed bad cardio guy. I mean, he um, was definitely kind of breathing heavy in that last fight against Shannon Ross. But he also like went crazy for the finish. I mean, we've seen guys rock people before they go crazy for the finish. They gas out and they lose. Salvador did that, you know, two or three times and was still able to, you know, keep swarming enough to get the finish there. So I don't think the guy's got bad cardio, but Altamirano, um, you know, seems to be very comfortable going the full 15 minutes. And we've seen it a lot more at the higher level. We've seen him against uh, Candelario and against Hernandez, both, um, you know, proven fighters. And he went the distance with both of them. And just if his whole career, look at it, you know, LFA fights throughout the entire career. We just have a whole lot better of a, an idea of where he's at as a fighter right now. While Salvador, I think that the main footage we have of him is that Shannon Ross fight, you know, kind of spotty footage uh, in his regional fights. Not a lot of them are available. Actually, some fights I saw him just looking really bad on the ground. Uh, the Costa fight was it was four years ago, but I mean, comprehensively taken down, outgrappled and subbed in that fight. So, um, you know, it, it's a fight where I don't knock people reading this one either way I, I could see people going with the, the punching power of salvador i could see people going with the experience the of ultimarano and i i think ozzy was on to something i think you know victor could get on top here and have some success in the grappling um so i'm think i'm just gonna sit back and enjoy this one i think if i had to go money line i would go salvador just because i think that the early uh early fight and maybe uh you know hurting Vin victor early on favors him uh, but, you know, maybe a uh, live bet Altamirano here. Have your fingers ready on the live bets. But this is going to be a great fight, man. I, I can guarantee you it's going to be fireworks and a great way to, you know, start off the card early on. Next fight is in the lightweight division. Manuel Torres, Trey Ogden. The odds for this one, Torres minus 140, Ogden plus 120. Early betters this week coming in on Ogden. I think that's the right side. I mean, uh a pretty binary fight here torres uh you know definitely the better boxer of the two hits harder does have some pretty good snap on his punches uh but that's really all he does he doesn't kick he doesn't offensively grapple and he actually looks pretty bad in the defensive uh grappling realm of things so i think ogden's game plan is clear i watched an interview with him where he you know he talked about the game plan where he's going to wrestle um we have seen him wrestle successfully and tap guys out you know uh ok Okanovich in lfa he did successfully um, and the guy just approaches fights in a pretty smart way. Um, I think he's more experienced at the higher level too, as well. So I know Torres, uh, maybe has some good moments on the feet here and probably will outstrike Ogden, but I just feel if this fight has a takedown in it, it's going to favor Ogden. If this fight gets out of round one, it's going to favor Ogden. And, um, I, I don't know, man, just a, a, a flashy knockout artist who, who doesn't have many good wins. I'm always going to be looking to fade those guys. So. I'll take Ogden to outgrapple Torres on his way to a victory here, probably a submission as well. Um, so his sub line, eh, it's only 325. That's not too good. So, um, what, oh, also, last thoughts is Torres KO. I mean, it, it, his his money line is favored, but his KO is plus 250. I think you're way better off taking KO uh, than mm. his money line. Mm. That is, is good. But what I'm thinking here is, so here, interesting fight 
between these two guys. Obviously, uh, Ogden beat the Mexican Golden Boy in the last fight, and now they're setting him up with another one here. So they're trying to get this guy, clearly. Um, this might evolve <laughs> into, like, the city kickboxing versus uh, Jalen Turner, you know, uh, area. So I don't know who's next. Who would be the, ne- who would be the next guy at 155? Uh, Martian, do you think that does Yair Geraldo Geraldo Valdez? Geraldo Valdez, that is right. But if <laughs> if he beats him, then Yair might have to move up to take out Trey Ogden. Um, yeah, I mean Trey Ogden, he's legit on the ground. You know, he's got decent jujitsu, but he just looked that that um Jordan Eleven fight was so indicting. Like it just that was just so bad. Like he just looked harmless after a little bit. And Manuel Torres is not harmless. So I feel like Trey Ogden could have success with this uh, jujitsu, take him down, jump on the neck, stuff like that. But I just don't, don't think his control game is that great, especially if he starts to tire or fatigue at all. And that leads me to my favorite bet of this fight. I usually don't do bets like this, but I'm taking the under here. Minus 180, you could find this some places. Maybe you could get a minus 175, two and a half. I either think Ogden takes... Loco Torres down and tries to jump on a neck guillotine, you know, maybe gets to his back. I don't know. Submission gets tired and then Torres get, comes back on him or Torres just knocks him out easy or something like that. But I just feel there will this will be a high pace fight. I think Torres will not allow Trey Ogden to just hang out, you know, and do stuff, you know, just control him, hug. Um, So I think we will see a finish in this fight. But um, so I'll do that and some. uh. Torres by knockout, but Torres by submission. That's crazy. Three twenty-five. I mean, I don't know why. Yeah, <laughs> but I like the under. I do like the under here. It says there are five Mexican lightweights on the roster, so we're, we must be forgetting a few uh, in there somewhere. So we, we could keep this uh, this few going on strong. Um, but enough said about that. But what one. about the guy Jordan Levin knocked out? Do they consider Victor Martinez Mexican? No, right. Good question. I. That would be worth looking into. Um, <laughs> I think we next, can move on, though. <laughs> next fight, flyweight division, CJ Vergara, Daniel Lacerda, or De Silva, whatever he wants to go by. Um, we have uh, minus 240 on Vergara here. Uh, Leco, or I almost said Leco. Um, Lacerda, plus 205. You're trying to start this one off. Epic, epic fight. This fight is another one. This is going under, dude. I don't know what's going to happen. It's probably going to be CJ knocking him out. But the problem is that I mentioned CJ looked a little bad in the gra- some of the grappling transitions. But the thing with him is he's just he's one of those guys. And I've trained with a lot of these guys that like it's not that they're technical, but they- their will to just want to escape and not be submitted by you is just so strong, and especially these Mexican guys like CJ Vergara, man, like. Or maybe let me not assume that he's Mexican, but I think he is. <laughs> but I'm telling you, man, these guys really don't like getting submitted in like a like without like an all out fight. Like they act like it's like a wrestling match. Like you know, in like in like the WWE, when one guy locks another guy in a submission, a lot of the times like the theatrics will be like spinning and rolling around and you know trying to get to the rope. Same thing with these guys. But Daniel De Silva, while he does go for the finish, not good control. So I could see Daniel maybe catching him with a submission. I'm not interested in laying the juice on CJ Vergara, but this fight will finish early with somebody. Um, and if it doesn't, I don't give a fuck. They uh, don't count Victor as Mexican. They count Hoffa Garcia and they count uh, uh, Gabriel Benitez as one. But uh, I swear Gabriel there's Benitez another... versus Trey Ogden. That'd be a great fight. Yeah. 
There was a there was another one too that they that they didn't count, but he's definitely Mexican. Uh, oh, Eric Gonzalez, yeah. Um, he's sticking around for sure. So, um, yeah, I mean, Lacerda is, is terrible. He guesses in, in a round. Um, but I mean, I think he he could you know have a moment or two early on versus Vergara here. It's just uh, guys that make uh, you know Lacerda quit are typically punchers, and Vergara just doesn't really punch that hard. But he does exist after five minutes. That should be enough to get him the win here. I mean, Lacerda is gonna. It's either it's he's pretty proven to be round one or bust. So if you like Lacerda in any fashion here, you should be taking round one and uh, round one KO. Oh, it's already moved. I, I bet it yesterday at twenty five to one. I mean, he did come out swinging versus Victor and, you know, briefly dropped Victor with the shot. So um, it's possible. He just throws a lot of spinning shit and bullshit. I mean, the guy's pretty terrible. But, um, you know, I, last fight. Maybe I had, maybe, uh, maybe at sea level, he'll be uh, he'll be a fucking problem. That is true. His last fight was at uh, at altitude. But um, right, against Victor, he, that was he, altitude, right? And the yeah, it was. But and like the guy's training at shoot the box with like Oliver. Like theoretically, the guy has to be getting a little the bit guy, better, the right? Guy, the guy's just fucking hilarious, dude. Honestly. Or just learning from his mistakes a little bit. And he has to. Usually, right? the mean, Olivera guys are good. Yeah, I, I just say, um, money line wise here, just hope hope Leco or fuck, I keep on like stop, stop calling has, him Leco. I hope, uh, I hope Lacerda has an early moment and then look to live at Vergara. So, um. Welterweight next, Trevin Giles, Officer Giles taking on Preston Parsons. Um, pick a mish line here, back and forth. Uh, uh, Giles minus 115, Parsons 105. Um, so, I mean, I, I favor Parsons here just because, um, you know, he just seems like a, a young, high-output guy. He can go the whole the hard 15 minutes. He's going to shoot a lot of takedowns here. And, you know, Giles is just like a, the epitome of a low-volume type of fighter. Barely throws any strikes in the feet. His fights typically end up in, in the grappling where he can end on bottom or on top. I mean, I think the guy is a good grappler overall. But, I mean, Parsons just seems like a, a young, tenacious guy. He seems like he's getting a lot better fight to fight. I think he's pretty reliable to come in here and attempt a lot of takedowns and, you know, maximize his chances to win. So um, I think uh, I got to go with Parsons here. He just seems uh, like the, the bunch better side um, at Pickham. He's, uh, you know, Giles is just so low volume, man. I mean, look at this guy's strike numbers over his fights. I mean, he's landing 20, 30, 40 strikes in a 15 minute fight, which is never something you want to rely on. So uh, what are you thinking about this Pickham fight? I lo love this fight. I didn't see this fight coming. And I'm, it's interesting that Giles, you know, he fought a, a good prospect in, um, in what's his name? Uh, Michael Morales. Morales. Yes, in his last fight. And now he's got to fight, uh, you know, um, Preston Parsons. Who Preston Parsons, when he came in against Danny Castillo, honestly, I didn't really think of him too highly as, that, uh, as too high of a prospect. But now that I'm seeing him Rodriguez. more, what do you say, agreed? You said uh, Danny Castillo. Excuse me, Danny Rodriguez. Um, but now when I saw him in that last fight, um, you know, I, I did like seeing some of the stuff that he was kind of doing. And obviously I am a little bit factoring in and is in, in exact science of the fact that Evan Elder is a career lightweight. Right. And, you know, how that fight went, whereas, you know, Trevin Giles is like, you know, used to fight on 185. And I mean, he's fought guys that fought at 205. I think maybe he himself logged fights at 205, but I don't really give a shit because uh, unlike you. Uh, unlike you, I should say, I disagree, and I don't think Trevin Giles is a very good grappler. Yes, I think he knows the rule, a lot of the rules and principles of of grappling, and he knows that he doesn't want to be on bottom, and you know a lot of these things. But I feel like 
technically there are a lot of holes in the guy's game. You know, sometimes he he stay even as so basic as when to stop grappling Trevin because you have a striking advantage, or you know how to implement that striking advantage, or you know just a a bunch of things. So I just think that Preston Parsons cardio I think looks good for him. I think the conditioning uh to to put it into a grappling fight is gonna be there for 15 minutes if need be. But I think that he uh, he's gonna be able to get Trevin Jones or Trevin Giles into some bad positions, and I'm gonna call a uh, choke, some kind of choke for Preston Parsons winning this fight on Saturday. Um, looking back at his odds outside of the Kasi fight, he was pick'em five fights in a row to Kraus, Bivon Lewis, Delidze, DDP, Morales, and now this fight. Six of his last seven fights, he was pick'em in, which is pretty fucking crazy. Um. He was the last man to outgrapple uh, Roman Delize, though, which that, that win is aging uh, tremendously. Enough about that one. Uh, featherweight division next, Stephen Ocho Peterson, Lucas Alexander in this one. Uh, the odds for this one are um, Peterson minus 146, Alexander plus 126. More action coming in on Alexander throughout the week. The odds steadily dropping. So um, safe side use has been down bad lately. Uh, so you think he's getting back on track here with a, a, a Peterson win? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't have a ton of thoughts in this fight other than, you know, me feeling that Steven Peterson's a really tough test for a guy coming in on his second UFC fight. You know, first fight that actually had uh, preparation time behind it. I don't really, I've never really heard about Lucas Alexander very much. He just, he's got, you know, a third of the fights of Peterson. He doesn't have a standout attribute to me. Um, doesn't really excel in any kind of like one aspect of MMA. Um, doesn't really have a, a standout technique that I see either. And, you know, Peterson's fought a lot of different style matchups in the UFC. Where he's fought grapplers. He's fought, you know, guys like, uh, you know, Hooper. He's got fought guys like well-rounded, like uh, Alex Caceres or uh, Julian, uh, Julian Rosa. So I don't think this guy has anything for him that he hasn't seen before. And this guy's even been submitted, you know, three times already in his MMA career. So I, I feel like, you know, they're going to strike a little bit. And if Peterson doesn't like the striking, he'll look to grapple. But I think uh, I think Peterson should pick up a win. But, I mean, you never know in this MMA game, you know, he is available to be hit. But I think he's a better fighter here. Yeah, um, I'm I'm in agreement. So uh, Ocho just been in the UFC a lot, lot longer. Uh, only been finished one time in uh, almost 30 fights. So he seems very durable. And in that one loss um, was a KO loss uh, a long time ago too. It was um, 2013, so 10 years. Um, but he does have a really bad record in decisions, six and nine in decisions in his career. But um, yeah, I mean, uh, Ozzy was hitting a lot of points here. Um, Alexander is like a, a decent like tech, technical striker, I guess, but um, just doesn't really throw a lot of strikes. Doesn't seem to fight with a high intensity. I mean, um, he never even came on the contender series, right? He came off of a win over Jacob Kilburn and Kilburn, you know, low level fighter. And uh, Lucas was just having like a tepid, you know, sparring match with him until he kicked him in the arms and broke his arm. And Kilburn was just immediately like, I'm done. You know, like we see fighters getting injured. Mokai, I've got his knee torn to shreds, kept fighting. Kilburn got his arm kicked and was just like, timeout. It's over. <laughs> and I guess that was good enough to get in the UFC, apparently. Um, I would do the same thing, Jacob. No no slander, bro. Not me, bro. Not me. Um, but, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he got ran through by Brito on the ground. Uh, he looks pretty bad on the ground in general. Not like Peterson is great on the ground, but I, I think he can hit takedowns here. He hit a lot of takedowns in his early career. If you look at the stats for his early fights, he was hitting a few takedowns in almost all of his fights. Recently, not as much. Um, but he, you know, definitely has that ability to shoot and land takedowns. I think he will have more grappling success on the feet. I, I guess Alexander probably has a slight advantage just by being, you know, longer and a little cleaner. But, um, you know, Erosa was longer and a little cleaner, too. But just Peterson kept coming forward in that fight. He figured things out. He found out what worked. And, you know, through experience, he made that fight, you know, really close and, you know, almost finished Erosa in that fight. So I just trust uh, Peterson will will get Lucas moving backwards, make him uncomfortable on the back foot. Hopefully look to hit those takedowns um, if they should present themselves because, you know, the grappling hole for uh, Alexander is there on tape. So hopefully Peterson executes it. And, uh, you know, just a very tough guy. I think even if he loses this fight, it'll, it'll very likely be by decision. And he'll be in there the entire time trying to make adjustments and make something happen. So I like him at this favorite price. Um, and that's going to move us along to the next fight, which is... The last fight on the prelims, sticking in the featherweight division, Daniel Pineda, Tucker Lutz. These odds are Lutz minus 285, Pineda plus 245. Both guys coming off a pretty decent layoff here. Um, Lutz hasn't fought since he lost to Sabatini back in November of 2021. And Pineda hasn't fought in uh, almost over two years since... Um, well, almost two years uh, since that no contest to Andre Feely. But, you know, was getting his ass kicked in that Feely fight. Got uh, hurt really badly versus Cub Swanson and knocked out in that fight. Um, just seems like the guy is 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 uh, pretty much done, right? I mean, he's 37 years old. He's been pro since 2007. I doubt that, you know, Pineda is going to be coming back looking too rejuvenated here. Um, but, I mean... He does have a winnable matchup in front of him. Lutz isn't a guy who really beats the brakes off of people, typically is a decision type of fighter. Um, but he he smashes leg kicks. He lands like 20 to 30 leg kicks in all of his fights. He has pretty reliable cardio. He knows how to hit takedowns at good times in the fight. So I think that Lutz should have uh, enough everywhere to get this one done. Don't think he's like a reliable guy uh, to be laying, you know, minus 300 off of. I really don't see many bets in this fight, except for potentially um, Lutz by decision. Um, you know, the under here is super juiced um, because Pineda does tend to, to quit and wilt in fights pretty quickly. Uh, but, you know, with uh, what I just mentioned, Lutz, not really a much of a finisher, will kind of lay on you at times in the fight. Um, so... I think Lust decision at plus 250 is, uh, you know, a decent look in this spot, but not much that really catches my eye. Anything bets-wise that, that you like here? No, but I do think that uh, what you're saying is true. I do think that uh, Lutz, uh, he's not a great finisher. Like, and I feel like he knows that or like, or like I feel like he's, per he's preoccupied with UFC win. I don't think he's going to be worrying too much about outer you know, people booing him or, you know, any of that stuff. Cause I think he is maybe the inferior grappler here a little bit. I don't know. Like depending on if he could get, I mean, Tucker Lutz has got a weird ass body. He's got like a huge back and like really long legs and like, I don't know. He's got a weird body. So, you know, I could see maybe, uh, him being good at staying on top of, uh, Daniel, uh, Pineda if they are kind of scrambling around, but Pineda's tough. He's dangerous. Um, I, I think the, what did you say the over was? What was it? Oh, uh, it's two and a half, and it's like plus 155, I think. No, that's not crazy. I feel like, you know, Pineda, like, yeah, he's 
the wheelchair and stuff like that. But this is, I think he is, he's from Texas. Like, I think he'll have some pride, um, you know, in this fight here. I think maybe his conditioning might be a little bit better given that he's, I think he had, he's had a lot of time to prepare for this one. So I do think Daniel Pineda is potentially live, but I think the wrestling Tucker Lutz will probably end up winning him the fight. Yeah, maybe look out for like a round three or decision bet when that comes out on FanDuel. That'll probably be like plus 150 or something. Um, so uh, moving on to the main card, first fight in the main card, uh, best division in the UFC, middleweight division, Chidi and Jakuani taking on Albert Duraev. Chidi's the favorite, minus 148, Duraev plus 128. Your turn to start this one off, Ozzy. Yeah, I like this fight here. Um, this is a fight where, you know, I'm not going to say it's a hole in my game. But I just, I typically do not bet on guys like Chidi and Jaquani. And I do typically, although it's a little bit less of a extreme, I do typically bet guys like Albert Duraev, right? I think you, you're probably on that side as well, especially with the side of uh, guys like Chidi. So Chidi's just not a kind of guy that I like to gamble on, like to back with my money. Faded him a bunch of times. Like, I, I was against him against Dusko, against in his contender fight, I think, even. Um, the Robocop fight. And what was the other one that he fought that he beat? Um, Jay Baryu. So, Dushko. Yeah. Dush, I mean, just uh, all of his fights I'm against. Even in when he was in uh, Bellator, John Sal- Slater, Salter, Carvalho. Got bet against this guy every time, like all the time. And it's more of a stylistic thing, like how they kind of come out, how they, you know, put their work out there. You know, Chitty, I do think he made improvements um, since, let's say, like the Bellator run, let's say for specific. Some of the stuff to the grappling, right? You know, against Dusko, I think he went for a few counter grappling scenarios, right, with the choke and stuff like that. Um, but he was still rustled a bit there. You know, he was, you know, I, I don't think his get up game is great. I don't think that he, uh, you know, I just think that it's not well suited. You know, when he is on his feet, he is dangerous, right? He's got long, long limbs, good cl- Muay Thai clinch, great elbows, knees, all those kinds of things. But I just think in this fight, I'm going with Darayev. I got a ticket on him at plus 150. You know, I think that he's got a little bit more to show than he has in, you know, most of his UFC fights. Um, you know, I think his grappling game is actually pretty good. I, you know, I've heard some doubts about his wrestling. I think that he will be able to implement his takedowns. You know, once he is there, I think he's the best kind of control top guy um, that Chitty's face. He mixes it in the ground and pound pretty well. Um, and I just think at, you know, the plus number we're getting here, anything above, you know, plus 130, 125, I think is a great price. Um, and, you know, if we lose, so be it, I think. But I think more often than not, you put these two guys together in a cage. Uh, you know, I, I do think Darayev, uh wins more often. I th- think we got a good opportunity, yeah, favorite upside in a fight like this. But he could get knocked out by Chitty. But this dude is tough. Albert Darayev is tough. He's proven. Um, and I think uh, we got a good, uh, good, good guy to fight at Dog Money. Yeah, I've got some thoughts on this fight. And um, after last week, I had like some things I was going to try to look out for. And I, I came up with the number of uh, 34 years old where like that's probably where I'm going to be looking to, to stop betting on guys as much. Derive is 34, but so is Cheaty. So I don't think that really applies in this fight. Um, you know, both guys, uh, pretty long careers, you know, Chidi, long kickboxing career, actually has more MMA fights. Duraev, I'm sure, has fought Sambo, and he he was on the shelf for a few years um, before coming to the UFC as well. So both these guys, long careers. I don't think age is much of a factor. 
Um, you know, and both guys, you know, got beat up real bad in the last fight, too. So I think they're both at kind of a, you know, a, a real pivotal moment in their career. And, um, you know, I, I also bet Dariah plus 150. I did. I do admit I made the bet. And then I started, you know, watching a little tape like a few days after. And, I, you know, Dariah did look pretty, pretty bad versus Buckley. But Buckley is just a, a much tougher matchup. I mean, he he's short. He's springy. Ozzy's always talking about these short guys being, you know, hard to hold down on the mat. And, you know, we saw that Dariah would take him down, but he would be able to, you know, use that explosive energy to pop back up uh cheaty his frame just does not have that same you know explosion getting back up to the feet he's longer he's lankier and i just think that actually will make it easier for him derive to control him once he gets him down uh, on the feet especially when you look at his game of you know going to the uh the leg lace you know that uh that move that khabib loved doing tying up the legs in that triangle i think that works a lot better on longer guys because it's harder to pull their legs out and you know get back up to the feet so um you know, on the feet here, you know, drives and it will be in trouble. I really don't think he has much to offer uh, Chidi at all. Uh, but uh, I think Chidi will give up, um, you know, c- control time against the cage. He will put his back there. I don't think he's, you know, really up to par with his clinch and defensive grappling game as he needs to be at this level. And I think eventually drive will get him down uh, to the mat and, uh, you know, probably continue to drag him there. I think the the second half of the fight definitely favors drive as well. So, uh, you know, if you're a little bit on the fence on Dariah, I you probably will have an opportunity to, to live bet here. You know, he's if he's not shooting a takedown within the first minute or two, he's probably going to continue to climb as an underdog. Um, so, uh, you know, g- good matchup here. Uh, highest weight fight on the card, you know, all lower level weights, but it's good they threw in one one big boy fight here at 185. But um, that'll move us along to the flyweight division in the next fight, which is a banger of a matchup. Alex Perez taking on Manel Cop, And the odds for this one uh, are Cop as the favorite, minus 175. Alex Perez plus 150. Um, so Perez been, you know, having some tough fights lately. He's on a two-fight losing streak. But, you know, guys, let's not forget. It was two Figueredo, it was two Pantoja. And then before that, it was the Benavidez, um, who were, you know, all at the time, they were top three in the division. So he's only lost to the best of the best. Um, you know, if you look at his resume, it's a... Uh, it's not that great. You know, some of the guys he's beaten aren't very notable names, but I think the guy is actually like a better, a better fighter than he's been able to show. Uh, you know, I think he's a solid boxer. He's a good wrestler. I think he's got reliable cardio. I'm pretty sure he wrestled in college and he, uh, is a pretty high level wrestler. So, um, and I think that a lot of that stuff is what you want to see against cop. You know, if you're, you're fighting cop, you want to be a good cardio fighter. You want to be a guy who's capable of hitting takedowns. And we saw in the Dvorak fight, the type of game plan where you skirt around on the outside, you use, you don't engage with Cape in the pocket, and then you look to time your takedown. And I think that that's what Perez will do here. The big cage, I think, should help Perez here. He'll have a lot more room to circle around, time his takedown, and eventually get Cape on the mat. Um, you know, I, I think Cop is a lot, a lot better than he was when he was fighting in uh, Ryzen. He's getting a lot better. I think his defensive grappling, in particular, has gotten a lot better over the years. But I think the guy just leaves a lot to be desired. Still, um, you know, his strike, his strike numbers. Uh, he's only landed like sixty strikes in some of his decisions. So. Uh, I think he's just very reliant on, you know, landing a big strike, a big punch, flying knee. And uh, I, a guy like Perez, I think, can grind out a lot of minutes here and possibly steal a decision away from him here. So I like Perez in this spot for just a one unit bet. I got him at, you know, plus 176. Um, what are you thinking here? I love this fight. Um, I've been a big 
fan of Alex Perez's. And in his last fight, I made him my best bet. You know, I thought that it was a great, great matchup overall, just entertainment-wise and value. Um, and he did exactly what you don't want to do, you know, in that fight. You know, be over-aggressive and let this guy, Alex Pantoja, on your back. But I still feel skill for skill is really, really good. Really good. Um, and I've always had him rated pretty high. Similarly to, like, when uh, Whitaker lost to... Izzy Adesanya, and I was like, well, I don't care. I'm still, I still got this guy number one. Same thing with Alex Perez, just because, you know, if he puts together when he's. Uh, your, your mic cut out. His hands up. He's... Sorry. Can you hear me? Yeah. Yeah. Just cut off for sorry, a few seconds sorry, there. Sorry about that. I moved, moved my uh, computer. Um, uh, his hands, you know, he's got that Mexican style a little bit. He keeps his hands up high and he comes forward. Um, and he's, you know, got a guy in Manal Cop who's a little bit of a slow starter. Um, he, himself has, you know, he's fought okay, you know, competition overall. But um, sometimes the margins are a little slim and, you know, he, he doesn't pull the trigger as much as you want. And he kind of maybe looks to counter. And I feel like I, against a guy like Alex Perez, if you let him be on the front foot and you're letting him get off first, you know, the, the damage or, you know, the stuff that he does can compound really quickly. Um, and you saw that against uh, Formiga, right? Formiga, he took a few of those calf kicks and, you know, he was done, you know, very, very quickly. Um, so I don't think that same thing could happen when he were a cop. Obviously, cop a lot more mobile, um, can fight from both stances. And, you know, he's going to be looking to counter him when he throws these kicks for sure. But I still think there's a little bit of val value uh, on the Alex Perez side. But I also do, you know, when you have a guy like cop who people have definitely felt, myself included, um, that he would fight for UFC title. You're seeing a price on him, you know, now at, you know, close to like minus like 160. When, what is it now? Uh, well, for cop, yeah, for cop, cop is uh, 175. You know, you, you see that as kind of attractive because you're like, man, like this guy Perez doesn't, you know, perform, you know, all, very often. So, like, why are you going to trust him to do it now? Um, against the guy who, uh, who's very well rounded. Um, and it's got a lot of good attributes, but I think I'm going to end up doing it one last time. If Alex Perez loses, loses, uh, again, I don't think I could do it again. So he's got to win this one. I don't know if he'll get cut from the UFC, but I, I, if he comes up small here, like I can't bet him anymore. So let's see. Cause I like his, I love his grappling game. Last thing, like his grappling game. You know, if he is able to put cop on his back, I don't see cop pulling any Kimuras or anything like that, like he got in his last fight. So this is a really, really good fight. But I kind of do still like uh, Perez or maybe even like some finishing props potentially. I think it'll be decision. But um, women's uh, flyweight next: Andrea Lee taking on Macy Barber. Macy Barber, uh, favorite as always, minus two sixty. Andrea Lee plus two twenty here. Uh, first women's fight on the card. I, no, second. Sorry. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one? No, my thoughts are hopefully that there's one day the day comes, Martian, on this podcast where we don't need to de designate if it's a women's fight or it's a male fight. And you can treat <laughs> all of these fights with the same amount of dignity and respect. But let's get into this fight here on the main card here. Uh, so, you know. Barber, her last two times, her last fight was against, I don't remember if I better there, but I definitely didn't feel like she was uh, the right side to be on, you know, going into it. Obviously, after she wins the 29-28 decision, her rounds are very clear. The Jessica I round is 
know, one that she gets in the end with kind of like a take, you know, just holding her down with a takedown. But all the things that I've seen from her, just, you know, I'll give her credit. Like the time against Montana in the second round when she was able to escape the back triangle and the back mount, you know, how she kind of um, didn't let uh, Montana secure that and then got up to top position. That was great. That was uh, a, a show of good jujitsu, good positional awareness, all those things. If she doesn't do that, Montana De La Rosa could easily win that fight because she's got the back mount there. Maybe she put some damage on her. Maybe it goes 1-1 into the third round. But here against Andrea Lee, she's fighting a girl who's very um, kind of like opposite to her where Andrea Lee, I feel, is very finesse-based. Like she she kind of has a little bit of that karate style actually to her herself you know to her game where she kind of like flashes up some kicks and you know her her jabs and you know her punches are a little bit um you know it's just looking to touch you so i don't know how well that'll go against a girl who's like as much brute force as macy um you know just throwing punches in the clinch you know the clinch openings i see definitely there for macy um, but I think the price on Andrea Lee is super attractive. Um, I like her by submission as well, potentially. I think you could get maybe like a 12 to 1 on that. Um, but at the money line price, I mean, like I said, Andrea Lee has fought a lot of girls. This before Andrea Lee used to be the girl that she used to be like minus 300, minus 350 against a bunch of girls. Um, and then she had a few close fights and then kind of like flipped around a little bit. But I've been betting on her you know, all of her UFC fights, including the ones that she lost, like the last one. But she's got great skills. You know, I think she's a danger on the mat, you know, if she's on top or if she's on the bottom. Uh, so I like I like her here for a bet. Um, we'll keep fight, fading Macy Barber. Hopefully she makes a mistake here and we catch her neck for an even bigger uh, bigger win. Um, but I think Adria Lee might be the better, more uh, advanced skill-for-skill skill fighter here. Um, and getting her at a 220 number is uh, something I can't pass up. Yep, I'm in uh, total agreement there. Uh, you know, I think it's a pretty easy bet to make here. Um, you know, we've both been on like the same track with both of these women, you know, betting on Lee and betting against Barber. Um, ben, I was wrong. Uh, we were both wrong. I remember about uh, Montana De La Rosa, you know, she never really had much of a chance in that fight. But I mean, Jessica, I, uh, I had a small bet on I in that fight and um, Barber won the first, you know, seven or eight minutes of that fight fairly easily. And then all of a sudden I hits one takedown. She lays on top of her for two minutes. And then uh, the majority of the judges had that fight one, one going into round three. So, Barbara at one point was, you know, uh, swarming women and finish them and rocking them. And then now all of a sudden she, after she lost to Roxanne, she's been, you know, pretty neutered since then. She hasn't been landing many strikes. All her fights are pretty much just clinch fest against the cage where she's, you know, trading positions with women, you know, giving herself, uh, you know, putting herself in bad spots to be taken down. And, uh, you know, I think the Andrea Lee has the potential to take her down here. I think the distance striking, you know, straight up favors Andrea Lee. If this fight is a kickboxing match, I would I would say that, that Lee is the favorite. And then if this fight goes into the clinch and, you know, they're, they're trading back and forth, I think, you know, you got to give a slight advantage to Barbara just because she is probably stronger and can probably, you know, muscle around these positions in the clinch. But uh, she's also at the point where if Barbara gets taken down. She could be on her back for multiple minutes. Uh, the same could be said about Andrew Lee, but, uh, you know, for, for a fight that I, I give Lee the advantage at distance, and I don't think that she's at that, that much of a clinch and grappling disadvantage. I think that, you know, 220 is a pretty crazy number, uh, will likely be on her for, for a unit or so here. 
And, um, you know, I think, yeah, pretty good underdog. And by the way, guys, two weeks in a row, big women's underdogs have won. Um, we had uh, Macedo last week and the week before that, Lipsky, both three to one underdogs winning. And we have two uh, two to one underdogs this week. So let's see if we can keep that trend up uh, with one of those fights coming up later. Um, but uh, the fight next is in the featherweight division. Um, this should be the real co-main event. You know, real ones know uh, Nate the Train Landwehr taking on Austin Lingo. Uh, Nate Landwehr is the favorite, minus 205, Austin Lingo, plus 175 here. Nice to see the UFC, you know, respecting Landwehr, putting him in front of a crowd in this fight. It was supposed to be um, Alex Caceres. That would have been a great fight. Instead, Austin Lingo. Lingo was supposed to fight somebody else. He was supposed to fight Ramos, um, you know, a week or two ago. And that fight fell out because Ramos missed weight. So now he's in here. Um, so, I mean, I, I just think that Nate, you know, is is better everywhere here. Honestly, I think this line, um, it's not exactly an easy bet with land at minus 200. He isn't, you know, the smartest fighter actually kind of maybe throws himself into too volatile of situations at times. Um, so it's not, not easy to lay juice on him, but I, I mean, I think he's the better striker, you know, clinch fighter and grappler than lingo here. I think, you know, his cardio can go the full 15 minutes. That could be a problem for lingo at times. We've seen him look a little, uh, worse for wear in these later rounds. Um, and, his, you know, Lingo's last fight, you know, he was getting his ass kicked versus Saldana. Saldana broke his foot and Lingo took over. Uh, before that, he beat Jason, Jacob Kilburn, who we were, we were talking about earlier, who's not a good fighter. Um, so, you know, to when me, Lingo we, when, has done. When were we talking about Jacob Kilburn? Uh, earlier when the bull kicked his arm, remember? Oh, uh, that's right. That was Jacob. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, my bad. Um, Sorry, continue. Long, long layoff too for Lingo. Hour and or a year and a half layoff. Um, and like I said, I just I don't know. I mean, maybe Ozzy, you can share some light in this. But like, wait, where is Lingo better than Nate at? I, I mean, I like I said, the only way I can on my see, son's hands, bro. The way I can see on his hands? Uh, Lingo winning is is just uh, some sort of sloppy back and forth brawl where he somehow wins a decision. But man, I don't think Lingo hits hard enough to to knock Nate out. I think that Nate is the you know, the much better grappler out of the two. I mean, you know, uh, fucking uh, Yusef Salal outgrappled the shit out of Austin Lingo, had him in all types of trouble and deep submissions. So I think Nate's going to, you know, put a pace in this guy and tire him out late and, you know, possibly finish him in the second or third round. Um, you know, talking to some people, um, the Florida zone, Danny Lags was talking about uh, some some lines on um, the round two, round three pop for, for Nate Landwehr to sub this guy. I mean, his sub straight up is nine to one, which I think is kind of crazy. And then, uh, you know, for a guy who is always coming on in rounds two and three, you know, putting it on guys in round two and three, I think there's a really good stab to take uh, Nate round two, round three sub. I mean, it definitely could be a KO, guys, but, I mean, the, the disparity between KO and sub is way too wide here. Okay. Nate loves going for subs. Okay. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. yeah, yeah, bro. Come on. So, so, so we got this. Nate's a train time, baby. So we got this fight. You know, Martian's talking to you about this fight. Like, Nate should be, like, minus 400. Like, he's going to just fucking go GSP on Austin Lingo out there. Just outclass him. <laughs> all three dimensions, you know, and, you know, 30, 26, this guy. It's not gonna happen, all right. And the reason it's not gonna happen is because Nate Landwehr is incapable of making a fight simple. You know, my issue with him, true. my issue with him is I, you know, what Martian is saying, a lot of things, you know, the attributes of him, he's well rounded. You know, he goes to the submissions, you know, he um he's got good cardio, obviously, he's tough as nails. Um, but he's a little square. 
when he's striking, when he's throwing these punches, right? You see in that um, Darren Elkins fight, you know, the way he's walking into the pot. Obviously, like I said last week with Casey O'Neill, right? With the, all right, you're throwing like, you know, 5,000 strikes at Roxanne Montefiore. Let's see what happens <laughs> when you got to fight Jennifer Maya, girl. And, uh, right, so you don't get the opportunity. So, you know, he's like, whatever, Darren Elkins, he can't hurt me. So I'm going to just take punches. But he just has no real built-in defense. And when he's throwing his strikes, his own strikes, and I don't like that. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't really, I don't really like that. Um, you know, his, his range finders, I think that Lingo has a better jab here. Um, so I think that he's going to have to do like what he usually does is kind of like pace bully, you know, kind of, uh, muffle the punches of Austin Lingo, maybe using a clinch or kind of getting in close, getting in tight, you know, with him. And that could happen. But I do think that Lingo is potentially a little bit live here overall. Um, you know, I don't like the fact that he's got to do two weight cuts. Basically, was his fight, it was the last card or the card before? It was the card before that. No, the one before right. that. So two weight cuts in two weeks. Not, you know, I mean, I'm not crying for the guy, but, um, you know, it's not ideal. Um, you know, you're fighting a guy like Nate who does push a pace so that could, you know, affect you for sure. You know, if you had a big weight cut in the first place. Um, but I do think this fight could be a lot more competitive than you are giving it credit for, uh, Johnny Martian. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't think I'm gonna get there, but you know, the, the line's coming down. I think people are agreeing, you know, with that take there and it's not a t like I formed this just cause like action was coming in. I just feel like, you know, you're saying Austin Lingo's got no power, but I mean, did you see that freaking knife that he put in on Luis Saldana? Bro, he jabbed this guy and he just freaking wilted. Just went down. After he broke after he broke his foot. Went right. Well, what I don't know, but if you saw someone else hit hit a guy with a jab like that, you're like, whoa, this guy must have big time power. You're not giving my boy no credit. Technically, he does have knockdowns in his past two fights. Yeah. yeah. I, I, he I'm throws some good some shots, dude. His boxing, I'm I, gonna do, I think he's got better fights. boxing than uh Nate Lanworth. Where though he'll get you in that clinch, he'll do that, you know, the dirty, the hockey style. Even this guy's from the south, but that hockey style. I don't know, bro. I'm. A, I just turned. I, I just turned on a fight. I, I don't know about this. That better boxing claim. I don't know. But about the thing that. is, Nate, Nate's hands are better. Nate. Nate is, I think, a little quicker. But I think that Austin Lingo actually with the hands is a little bit more technical. I think it should be a good fight mm -hmm. on the feet. Maybe we'll see. Who's you right. would. Uh, would you agree saying this is the toughest test of Lingo's career to Definitely. date? Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, Nate Landwehr. I mean, I love. I I like. I love Nate Landwehr when he's coming into UFC. Um, I was like, yeah, I, I bet him against like Herbert, and he fucking let me down. I think it was a big dog there, but you know, he's M one. Yeah, you know, M one champion. He's fought. He's had a lot. He has a lot of fights. You know? No, he's a definitely experienced yeah, guy. Yeah, lot, a lot of experience. Yeah, I love that guy, too. I remember being, you know, balls deep on tape in him before that fight. Uh, <laughs> and then, yeah, obviously caught that, caught oh, that and, knee. And we, I bet I remember, him against Klein as well. I mean, I've I made good money on I, I always look to bet him. You know, I bet him big against. I David remember Onama. being so confident in his, in his sub defense and everything. I'm like, oh, Herbert's not subbing him. And then he was in that Darce, and he defended it well. And then. Gets up and just eats a knee I, and just is out. I bet him live <laughs> against Elkins as well. I mean, I made good. I made very good money on Nate Landwehr. But you know, I think that this yeah. is a fight where you know he's getting up there. What was that age you were saying? Thirty. He's, he's an underdog. He's an underdog type of. Better. Is he almost you know, thirty-four? Want... How old is he? Um, he's got to be close. Yeah, he is thirty-four. So. Lingo, Lingo's actually younger than you'd expect. I think. 94. Yeah, twenty-eight. 
Interesting. Hey, 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 you heard I'm gonna, before, Marshall. I'm gonna rewatch I'm gonna rewatch some uh, some lingo fights here. But I'll uh, move on. We have to move on to the most anticipated fight on the card, the Kobean event, Holly Holm versus Yana Santos. Now no longer Kunskaya. Uh Tiago Santos planted his seed and then he gave her his name right. uh, in that order too. Uh, so out of wedlock for those uh, Yo, whoa, whoa. for those that Yo, matter. Why too. you um, put in his business as- Holly Holm Holly Holmes, the preacher's daughter, so she is definitely considering that, that uh, she had the baby out of wedlock. It might be it might be her responsibility to punish Yana in this spot um, on behalf of, uh, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Anyway, um, Holly Holm, minus 251. Yana Santos, plus 211 here. Uh, your turn to start this one off. Yeah, don't you think, honestly, you know the thing with John Jones and the, you know, the Chill Sonnen and Valentina rumors and that, that which was great. I love, dude, I love Chill Sonnen on like Ariel, Ariel's uh, interviews, whatever. It's great when they put them together. But the fact that like John comes back and then Val- and then she fights like soon thereafter. And then don't you usually marry off the preacher's daughter? You know what I'm saying? Like, why is she not, you know, a lot of, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But, um, yeah, so this fight here, these girls, they do a lot of similar things. I mean, Holly Holm, she's a boxing champion, but, you know, she's looking to throw that left kick. Yana, she's got terrible hands, but, you know, she'll clinch the fuck out of you. She's opportunistic sometimes. But I feel like Holly Holm should be able to beat her, but there's no way that I'm going to bet on it at all. I mean... You know, I get like this could be like Usman Leon Edwards as well, like the same odds odds range. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like Yana, I guess like you know she's a mom as well. I mean, let's let's also uh, sure people know that. So she's coming after like she gave birth like eleven months ago. I don't need to get involved in this on either side. I think Holly Holm probably wins because she's got better uh, opportunity to land with her hands, but she don't be throwing shit sometimes and then she thinks that she gets robbed like so she's like not thinking that in my opinion if she's like thinking that she's doing a lot in these fights you know what i mean like no offense to her like i'm not trying to you know be this you know but like if you're having these kind of the kind of fights that she has like Raquel pennington the the catlin fight uh what was her last fight her last fight was catlin right like you're having these kinds of fights, like you, there's no way you could be surprised that you if you lose. So I don't really like that as a trajectory, like you know her trajectory overall. I hope I said that right. Um, um, yeah, so I'll just pass. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still watching Austin Lingo, and I, I gotta say this guy does have that dog in him because Saldana yeah, beat his ass round one, and he, he came out and just great came fight, at, dude. It's gonna be great fight. And that's the thing, if you're in a bar fight, like plus two hundred, not bad. Yeah, you know, I still I'm not endorsing lingo, but I think I might, you know, halt my Nate uh, activism and just wait, wait for live bet. Nate's always probably better live bet. Um, So getting to this one, I mean, um, you know. Both have the same record, 14 and six. That's funny. But, um, you know, Holly Holmes, 41, right? She probably isn't the better grappler than than Santos, right? She's probably not going to be getting on top here. Um, And she's minus 250. So. Are you, it, does it sound like anyone out there like a good idea to lay minus two fifty on a forty-one-year-old woman kickboxer? Um, to me, it doesn't. 
Now, I'm not saying it's an easy bet on Yana here because she's also kind of a woman with fairly minimal upside, right? I mean, she doesn't really win fights by a big margin. When she's winning fights, they're typically by just holding a woman against the cage, landing a knee to the body, maybe to, maybe a takedown. But, I mean, she's very sloppy as well. Um, and, you know, I guess home she does have still pretty good movement and she might just, you know, the big cage is going to help home here. She's probably going to skirt her way against the octagon or uh, around the octagon, you know, land enough shot or two and just avoiding, you know, getting close with Yana. But I mean, if they can, if Yana can find a way to pin her to the cage or even if home initiates the, the, the cage uh, push and these women start pushing each other against the cage and trading <laughs> positions. I mean, it's going to, it's going to, you're going to, you're, you're going to cream just, yourself, right? <laughs> If all that yeah, happens, I mean, no one's <laughs> no one's gonna watch this. Fight. No one's gonna fucking watch Listen, this. Listen, this is a smoke uh, break. This is nice of these guys to give us a smoke yeah, break fight true. before the main event. Hit the smoke break, guys. Leave the leave the TV or turn the TV off. Like I said a few weeks back, you know how they say, "Hey, you gotta vote. You gotta vote with your feet." Like where you, what like what what state and shit you live in, or like what town you live in. Same shit with this. We gotta vote with our uh, ESPN Plus. A viewer, viewer turn it off. Turn it yeah. off. Um, turn it off. Yeah. So no real turn thoughts. I mean, it just seems out of the question to bet uh, home. It doesn't seem like an easy uh, thing to do to bet uh, Yana. Oh my god, home KO is four to one. <laughs> Holy shit, that's terrible. Um, yeah, man. I mean, that that's enough. That's enough. Um, GTD is only you know seventy three percent or something. That seems it seems like ninety five percent to go the distance. Um, so. Okay, that's enough about that one. Main event time, amazing fight, bantamweight division, five round fight. Marlon Chito Bear, Corey Sanhagen. The odds for this one: Sanhagen minus one seventy, Marlon Vera plus one forty five. So, um, both these guys have been, you know, working their way in the main event slightly, and uh, you know, just it just pays off every time. I mean, these guys are five round fighters. Um, you know, it's the perfect type of fight to to put on. Uh, the main event of a of a fight night in front of a crowd, and uh, you know I think these boys are probably going to throw down in that cage on Saturday. I mean I think um, I think everyone is kind of expecting a war, a high tempo war. Both guys are going to hit each other. Both guys uh, have a lot of similarities. You know, uh, kind of slow starters. Both kind of known for that. Um, and you know, both just very high volume striking guys. Uh, you know, both throwing a lot of elbows. Uh, and um, you know, Vera probably has the more grappling upside here. You know, he definitely uh, seems to uh, be the better jujitsu fighter out of the two. But wrestling wise, man, it's close. I don't think that Vera really has the wrestling to get and keep Corey down here. Um, I think the the best we'll see from Vera is maybe, you know, if these, if these guys are, are clinching against the cage, he might be able to to finesse his way into a back take. Uh, against the cage in some sort of clinch position. Corey might take Vera down at some point. He did shoot, you know, 20 takedowns versus Song Yudong in his last fight, but I don't see him actually like achieving anything meaningful against Vera. But Vero, as we know, uh, you know, he can be taken down and he can, you know, kind of just lay on his back for a little bit there. So, um, you know, interesting bet for this fight. Some people are, you know, talking about this one. Our boy Sean Orr, um, you know, Corey Sanhagen to get you're, one takedown is plus one. Your boy, your boy Sean Orr, your boy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, he's Sean's too liberal for Ozzy, I guess, or something like that. Um, and anyway, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, he was also passionately against Justin Gaethje. I mean, Arizona's own just betraying each other in that one last week. That was interesting to see. Ozzy would never would never say anything disparaging about anybody from New Absolutely York. Absolutely not. Um, no, not yeah. Um, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm gonna think Corey Sanhagen's gonna win the fight. Uh, but I don't think before the fight, you know, laying juice on him is the right move. I mean, I think. Would it surprise anybody for either one of these guys to kind of drop round one? I mean, they both done it a lot throughout their career. I think we'll actually see a pretty, you know, measured approach from both of them in round one. And then it'll just continue to heat up and up and up. And, uh, you know, I guess I slightly favor Corey as the fight goes on. But I think actually these odds are a little wide. I mean, I could see either guy winning this one. I mean, I was kind of thinking before the fight uh, it would be Corey. But after just rewatching some footage, I mean, Barlin is extremely opportunistic. He finds ways to win. He finds ways to hurt guys. And, uh, you know, he he can makes he makes shit happen. So, I mean, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if either one of these guys went in. Um, uh Gun to my head pick, I'll go Corey by decision. Um, but I have a terrible, uh, terrible record on betting me in events. Not gonna be, not gonna be doing that here. Only bet here is that one I was talking about, Corey to get one takedown. Um, so wow. Any thoughts here? But Banger yeah, I fight. got thoughts actually. Um, so yeah, you know, one thirty-five matchup here. I've been betting against Marlon Vera a bunch of times, and last time I thought I was in the ghetto. I thought I had him. I had him right where I wanted him. That's with Mar. That's the thing with Marlon Vera. You don't. When you think you have him here, this motherfucker is just buying some time to figure some shit out to hit you with. And you know, I came into this looking at the Corey side. I'm like, man, Corey's gonna win. Like, I like Corey. I always like Corey. You know, he only let me down when he got choked out by Aljo. But other than that, I'm like, man, this guy's the goods. And I came in. I'm like, let me try to poke holes in this side because I already want to bet him. And I started poking some holes and i tried to started to feel a little bit like i wanted to be on the other side i would be on the marlon vera side because i'm looking at some of the takedowns he's looking to do against song i'm looking at you know some of the you know the strikes that he's kind of throwing in that fight some of the strikes that he's throwing at peter yan you know outside of kind of like that first round and it's like those like you know his feet are moving when he's throwing them, it's like these little darting punches that don't really do any damage, honestly, overall. Don't really get him too much respect if you saw when Jan started kind of just taking the front foot. Like, is Corey that good fighting off the back foot, fighting when he's kind of, when Marlon's, you know, kind of trying to, you know, push him, uh, get him against the fence, you know, so he could throw some kicks or, you know, get into the clinch positions and stuff like that. Like, you know, Corey, a lot of his strikes, I feel, is, like, he's trying to get you to, like, come in so he could throw that flying knee. Like, he loves kind of, like, switching stances and throwing a right flying knee or switching stances and throwing the, off the other leg. And I don't know if that shit's going to work here because Marlon, he stays pretty disciplined with his guard. Um, And when he does hit, he does make his punches uh count. And I do think he's got a lot more power than Corey. Corey looks like a very light hitter with his hands unless he really gets to, like, wind up into it. And I don't think he's going to have that opportunity too much. Um, and I overall went into come away from the fight thinking it will go the distance. Um, but I feel like the best bet for me looking at it is taking Marlon Vera on the money line. Because I feel like I actually get more decision equity than people are uh, <clears throat> anticipating. Because Corey didn't really look... He hasn't really looked that good in his championship rounds. Like against tj it's like okay like 
that fight wasn't that high pace. Like TJ was just holding the back clinch for prolonged periods of time. Like it's, it wasn't like it was a high pace fight, but not as it could be. And uh, the Yan rounds it, they weren't great. I didn't think. And then I didn't think he looked great in his last fight against Song. Uh, at any point, I thought Song won the first round. And I think that uh, I think he would have probably won that fight if, uh, in my opinion, if if it went all five without his if he had his eyebrow. So I'm gonna take Cheeto Vera. Yeah, I think these boys will be will be bleeding. It'll be a it'll be a high intensity fight. It'll probably be a, a fight that looks like it's gonna go under the entire time, but it'll eventually see the scorecard. So. Um, I would probably avoid getting trapped in on that under. Um, any uh, props on this one looking good? And Cheeto Vera, sub six to one. Cheeto Vera, Cheeto Vera is gonna win this fight. You think? Cheeto Vera is. You gonna bet on him? Cheeto Vera is gonna win this fight. All right, there you have it. Um, that'll do it. Um, no closing thoughts from Ozzy as always. I'm not even going to ask. And uh, thank you all for listening. No UFC next week. So we'll see you all in two weeks before the uh, April 8th card, which might be a pay-per-view. I think it's uh, Adesanya versus Pereira already coming up uh, already. So we'll see you all before that next card. Hope you all enjoy the fights this weekend, win some bets, and uh, we'll see you before the next UFC card. Peace out, everyone.